Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Goal Achievers. Hey, it's Hal Elrod. Welcome to another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. Soon to have a new name going into 2020. What will that name be? It's probably going to have the word miracle in it. I could tell you that much. Um, it'll probably be the Miracle Life podcast, but that's not for sure. It might be the Miracle Message. I don't know. Um, I think it's going to be the Miracle Life podcast, though. That is the kind of the, the next book that I have in my heart and the Miracle Life. Uh, the four pillars of that concept are love yourself as you are, see yourself as you can be, create the life you deserve, and help others do the same. And I feel like looking at my life, that has been the, those are like the four themes is learning how to love myself as I am and uh, see myself as better than I've ever been before. And then really every day work on creating the best life that I could imagine for myself, the life that I feel like we all deserve. And then actively paying it forward and helping other people to do the same in their life. And I feel like if we all kind of live our lives with those four pillars, we'll be happy, we'll be fulfilled, we will have great relationships, we will be healthy, we will be, you know, we'll have freedom and uh, live a life of liberation, if you will. So that's the direction that we are heading, but uh, I'm terrible. at. I'm not the most decisive person, so I'm always like, I've got ideas, but I'm not exactly sure what it's going to look like. So today we're going to talk about the purpose of life, and this is obviously a, a very you know, I don't know, loaded topic, a serious topic. It could be a controversial topic. It could be a topic that, uh, depending on who you ask on which day or, or you know, th there could be a lot of different perspectives as to the purpose of life. And so we're going to examine only one, right? I'll just, I'll start with a disclaimer. I only know what I know. I know my truth. I know my experience. Uh, I don't have it all figured out for sure. And I just am sharing with you from my perspective and, and what my truth is and my experience, hopefully something that will be universal for you and that will be useful to you. Uh, but what's most useful is always to find your truth. And the way to do that, I think, is to keep asking, keep learning, uh, keep exploring, and most important, keep applying what you learn and then seeing how it makes you feel, seeing how it works out, seeing if it's true for you. And some of it will be and some of it won't be. But the only way to really know which is which is to apply it, to integrate it fully into your life, truth, wisdom, perspective, and see how it feels. Does it align with your truth, also known as your values, your philosophies, your strategies for living your life's purpose? But the question is, what is your life's purpose? What is the purpose of life? And this, by the way, comes from the most recent Quantum Leap Mastermind. Last week, I was with 40-plus uh, members of the Quantum Leap Mastermind, which is the mastermind that John Berghoff and I uh, co-host together, and we meet together in person, and we do some pretty extraordinary things. Uh, I'm not going to have a commercial right now for that. You actually can if you want to get more info. You can go to qlmmastermind.com. So there's two Ms there in the middle, qlmmastermind.com if you want to figure out or, or 
learn more about the uh, the mastermind and you know and uh, spend some time. I spend time with these people. Uh, they're the closest circle of the you could say the Miracle Morning community, right? The, those folks that we actually spend the most time with, and it really is. It's become like a family. You know, we cried together, we laughed together, we meditated together, we hiked together, we asked questions of billionaire Jeff Hoffman together on how to grow a billion dollar business. I mean, anyway, it was special. So, but the point is, uh, I was preparing a message for our mastermind members for the QLM mastermind. And it was a business message. It was, it was like a peek behind the curtain where I was spending a couple hours going, how did I grow my business? And what does my business look like? Like I really broke it down and wanted to show everybody, here's how we grew it. Here's the mistakes we've made. Here's the mistakes we're still making, right? Here's the direction that we're going. And as I was preparing that message, I got really clear, or, or I should say, I just, I was inspired to talk about other than business, the purpose of life. And I thought, you know, if we don't have the purpose of life figured out, this all this business stuff, it doesn't really matter, right? That's all just details, but it doesn't really matter if we don't have the purpose of life, like the, the core meaning of our lives and why we're here and why we're doing everything that we're doing. Uh, you know, Kamal uh, Ravikant, who is the author of the book, Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It, one of my favorite books. In fact, I'll probably reference it today again, but he has a quote. He said, habits and goals and success are just details. The tip of the iceberg. What matters is the foundation, the stillness below the surface, the truth inside, living it the rest is just a natural byproduct. So we're going to dive into that foundation today. And maybe you've asked yourself questions, or I should ask, have you asked yourself questions like, what is the purpose of life? Or what is the purpose of my life? Why am I here? You know, and, and you might've even gone as far as I know, I've asked myself this when I had cancer and just different times of, you know, does my life even matter in the scheme of things? Like what, if I, you know, if I weren't here, life would go on. The planet would go on. Like, do, do I really even matter? I think that many of us have, you know, asked or even struggled with those types of questions at one point or another. And so today I want to dive in. And here's the interesting thing. I'd love for you to consider this. This is where we're going to go. And I'm going to share examples from my own life, but I really want to make this as universal and about you and not about me as possible. So what if the purpose of life isn't about you doing anything or achieving anything or attaining anything? What if the purpose of your life is simpler than you could have ever imagined? In fact, what if you already have what you've been searching for? What if you've spent your entire life, when I say you, by the way, I mean we, right? What if we have spent our entire lives working towards something that's already available to us right now, right now, and always infinite, always available to us. And, but yet we're searching for it. We're working for it. We're looking for it. So when it comes to life's purpose, you know, your life's purpose or universally the purpose of life, you know, I used to think that I had it figured out. Like I used to think that I, I, it's interesting that I, you know, they say the more you learn, the more you realize you have to learn. Right. And I think when I was younger and naive, I, I thought I had more figured out than I actually had figured out. And maybe I had some figured out, but there was, and definitely remains more that I don't yet understand, uh, more that I have to learn, more that I have to apply, more that I have to experience in order for my truth 
to continue emerging, evolving, and expanding, right? I think that that's, that it is life, right? The entire, our entire lives, we will never know everything. We will never have experienced everything. And that's part of the beauty of life is this, we're on this journey to learn and to grow and to be and to experience. You know, I'll give you an example of when I used to think I had things figured out, right? I used to think money equals freedom. And I think I'm sure I obviously didn't invent that. I heard, I read that somewhere. I am sure I was reading a book or, you know, I don't remember where, but I am sure I heard that. Oh yeah, money equals freedom. If you have money, then you have free, you can have freedom to do things that you want and spend time the way you want and buy things that you want or travel if you want or eat any foods that you want. And while that is all true, right? I think there's truth to all of that. I'm now beginning to realize how limited that particular philosophy is, right? Sure, having enough money gives you freedom that, you know, from the burdens that not having enough money cause, but I'm not sure that money equals the kind of freedom that we all deeply want and, and spend a large part of our lives working towards and yet never finding, because, you know, I know, and whether you know them personally or you've seen them on TV, right? I, I know people who have millions of dollars, even billions of dollars, yet they live in constant fear of losing their money, right? Are they really free? Is that freedom? Uh, for me, I mean, I deal with that all the time, right? Like, oh gosh, another economic crash could be coming. And, and what if, you know, I lost everything in 2008? What if that happens again, right? I'm living in fear. So, is money, does that really equal the kind of freedom that we want? And I think that an important lesson that, and I'm, I'm on a little bit of a tangent here, right? This is not the purpose of life, but this is, there's context here. You know, one of the things is we, we can't make freedom. You can't make freedom dependent on something outside of you. And if money doesn't equal the kind of freedom we really want, well, the question would be, well, what, what kind of freedom do we all want? And, and I really believe that we want to, the freedom to experience joy in every moment of our lives. And you could swap the word joy out with any other word that, right, love or God or gratitude, right? I, whatever, it could be another word, but we'll just say joy, that feeling of like, I'm so happy. I feel so good. I love, I'm just, I'm, just, just, I'm, I'm on cloud nine, right? I believe that's the freedom that we want is the freedom to experience that, that just feeling good, just call it feeling good, feeling good. Isn't that why we're doing everything that we're doing so that we can enjoy our lives, right? So, so what are we all doing this for, right? What really matters again? And where we're going to end up today is what is the purpose of life? And the neat thing is it's already available to you. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to strive for it. I know I'm playing a little bit of possum here, and I'm not. I'm not directly saying it up front, but we are going to get there uh, probably in the next few minutes. But but you think about what's the purpose of our life and exploring, you know, the money example, right? Is it to make money? Like, well, okay, for what? You know, why do we want, why would we make more money? Well, well, so we can you know buy nicer things or have freedom. And as we talked about, well, but is that the kind of freedom that you really really want? And so many people that make a lot of money aren't free, right? And by the way, I think the reason that that's in my head is our last episode that we did, uh, I think it was last week's episode, was with Monika Sawyer, and it was, can money really buy happiness? So I'm kind of like piggybacking on that a little bit. But I feel like I'm getting more clarity on the purpose of life. And the ironic part is it's already been taught, written about for thousands of years, for thousands of years, yet we don't seem to 
fully get it, right? We don't fully get it. And here it is. All right, no more playing possum. What is the purpose of life? It is to experience love. Capital L, capital O, capital V, capital E. The purpose of life is to experience love. And I'd invite you to consider that we're reminded of this at birth and again at death, but we seem to forget during most of the time in between, also known as life. You know, at birth, most parents can tell you, and my, by the way, my sister's in labor right now uh, in California, so like I'm really present to this, but, but at birth, most parents will tell you that when their child was born, they experienced a love that was beyond anything that we've ever experienced before. And and even imagine possible. Like I I know when my daughter Sophie was born, uh, I, I was like, I didn't know you could love this much, this deeply, this profoundly. Like I didn't know that kind of, I, I didn't know that love. I didn't know what I didn't know. So at birth, we're reminded that love is what life is about. And then at death, you've probably read or or heard as I have that we realize what really matters. And it wasn't the money or the significance or the achievements that we worked our entire lives for. It was the love that we had all along, the love that we were born with. And consider that everything we do is actually just a vehicle to experience more of what is already available to us in abundance. Like give you some examples. Look at relationships or connection, right? Connection. Connection or relationships really just a vehicle for us to experience more of what we really want, which is love. When your soul connects with another soul in a meaningful way, you get to experience love from someone else. Think of another example. For those of us who are focused on making an impact in the world, and I hopefully that's all of us, but an impact or what I might call contribution is really just another vehicle for us to experience what we really want, which is love. Because think about it, when we contribute, we finally give ourselves permission to love ourselves for contributing. We think, wow, we have that. And you might not think of it consciously. We rarely think of it consciously, right? But think about what's actually happening. You contribute, you help someone else. They feel the love that you shared through your contribution. And then you get to experience self-love. You get to feel good that you contributed and you help someone else. And now you're simply experiencing what you really want, which is Love. You're giving yourself permission to love yourself. But self-love is available to us all the time. You know, I, I quoted Kamal Ravikant, and I, I hope I'm getting his name, last name right, but uh, author of one of my favorite books in the world, Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It. By the way, it's one of the shortest books in the world. You can read it in like an hour. It's like five bucks on Amazon for the paperback. Like, you really recommend that book. Uh, in fact, I'm, I'm 
being that the first part of the miracle life is love yourself as you are, uh, probably my first guest uh, in 2020, or one of the first guests, if his schedule aligns, is going to be uh, Kamal because, um, yeah, he's that, that foundational piece of loving yourself. If you don't have self-love, nothing else matters. If you have self-love, nothing else is needed. Think about that for a second. If you fully love yourself and love your life, that's what everything else was pointing towards anyway. That's what you were doing everything else for, is just to be able to live in this state of love. So the idea is, like I said earlier, don't make your freedom dependent on something outside yourself. Don't make your love dependent on something or someone outside yourself. And this episode is not about self-love per se, meaning like we're not going super deep on self-love, but I want to go deep enough for you to really improve in this area. This is an area when I read Kamal's book, which was when I had cancer, it was a couple of years ago. Uh, it was, it was a radical eye-opening thing. Like I thought I was a really happy person, a grateful person, but I realized I didn't love myself. Like I, I beat myself up mentally, emotionally. I looked in the mirror and I went, oh, my body is, you know, my nipples are too big. And sorry if that was too much information, but if you've ever seen a picture of my shirt off, I've, my nipples are a little large and I've been insecure about that my whole life, right? And my, my chest, no matter how much I work out my chest, it just, I just, it just doesn't look like the chest that I've seen in the magazines that I feel like it should look like, right? And on and on and on. And then I had this real, I, I just, I went, how ridiculous is this that I've been working out for, and this is just one example of self-love, but you know, this is the example of looking in the mirror with my shirt off and I'm like, I, I've been working out for over 20 years. I've been going to the gym and dedicating, I don't know how many, probably thousands of hours in the last 20 years to be physically fit. And, and I'll be very honest, right? Especially young, earlier, now I don't care as much, but for sure when I was younger, it was vanity. It wasn't for health. I wasn't trying to make my abs, you know, I wasn't trying to get a six pack and make my chest big for health. It was vanity. It was, I'm trying to make myself look good, like that period, that's it. And I realized in that moment, and this was literally like, a, I don't know, in the last six months when I had this epiphany, I looked in the mirror and I realized I've been working out and working on my body for 20 years and I've never loved it. All I see when I look in the mirror, at least up at that point, what is fault is the nipples are too big. The chest isn't big enough. The, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting love handles. I'm too skinny after the chemo. I lost all that weight. Now I'm too skinny. And, and, and I want you to, this is actually a very, very, very important fundamental lesson that I'm about to share with you using this example is in that moment, I decided no more, no more am I going to find fault. Now, now, is it okay to look at areas that, you know, you could call it a fault because you want to improve in an area? Sure. But you can do that from a place of total and radical self-love where you go, I love myself exactly as I am. In that moment, I went, you know what? I love my body. And it felt weird to say it first, but I'm like, I love my body. I don't love it because it looks like someone else's body. I love it because, damn it, I work out. Like I, I give my, I feed my body the best food I possibly can, organic, plant-based during the day, you know, like maybe paleo at night. Like that's kind of, if I'm simplifying it, I give my body the 
best nutrition I possibly can. And almost every single day, I exercise. And now it's for health. Back, It was vanity back in the day. And there, there's a little bit of that. I want to look good for my wife mostly, right? But for the most part, I'm doing it for, I want to exercise. I want to expand my physical capacity, my stamina, my lung capacity, on and on and on. And I thought, I love my body for those reasons. Not because of how it looks compared to the the guy in the men's health magazine, because if my love is dependent on comparison, and, and again, this is a fundamental lesson, so consider this. If your love, if your self-love is dependent on comparison, comparing yourself to anyone else, well, then you're never going to love yourself fully, because if it's dependent on comparison, there's always somebody better than you in terms of Someone there, there's someone that's smarter than me, that's smarter than you. There's someone that's better looking than you or better looking than me, relatively speaking. Now, I believe inherently, right, we can all, we all stand alone in isolation as this most beautiful human being on the planet. What would make you, again, the only thing that would make you anything other than the most beautiful human being on the planet is you comparing yourself to someone else and you creating a story that says, well, they're more better, beautiful, smarter, perfect, more disciplined, more blah, 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 whatever it is. So your self-love can't be dependent on comparison. And so now actually if the only, I'll, I'll make one caveat to that. The only comparison is comparing yourself to the person that you know you can be in this moment, not in six months, because that, that's delusionary. You can't, you're not that, it's not six months from now. But the only way to compare yourself, I think, in a way is, you know, to go, all right, I love myself as I am, always, unconditionally. And when you experience that self-love, that is the purpose of life. You know, and, and I, I, you know, I think you can go back to religious texts. You can go to the Bible. You can go to a lot of philosophical texts where that's what I meant when I said earlier, the irony in me just kind of realizing this over the last year is this has been talked about for all of time, right? Like, I mean, since there was written language, it's in writing, you know, go back to Confucius, go back to, you know, the scriptures, I mean, on and on and on, you know, and even modern day books like Kamal's love yourself like your life depends on it, right? It's like, this is ancient wisdom, but we haven't fully got it. So it's just being taught to us in different ways. So here's a couple things I would consider, okay? So I invite you to consider first and foremost, what we're talking about, that the purpose of life, your life is love. And more specifically, it is to experience love. I used the word joy earlier, right? But again, love, joy, it, it's, it's all the same. Love in every moment. So I invite you to consider, I'm going to say it again. I want to hammer it home because it took me a long, I, you know, I've, I've heard this before. I have to hear it over and over again. The purpose of our life your life, my life, life for us is to experience love in each moment. That's why we do everything we do. We're trying to experience love. We think when I get more money, when I get a better job, when I get right, then I'll, then I'll love my life. Then I'll love myself. Once I get a partner, then I'll have love from someone else. So how do you experience love? I'm going to share a few different, what I would call the love levels, so to speak, the love levels. Level one, love of self. And we just went in depth on that, so I won't go a lot deeper. And hopefully, we'll have Kamal on the podcast uh, in you know in the next few months uh, or start of 2020. 
And he can go really deep because that is his expertise. And I encourage you to check out that book. But uh, love yourself like your life depends on it. But love of self. That's where we start and that's where we end. And that is ultimately, I believe, the foundation of love. And the second love level is really just a, a sub level of the first. It's love your life. Loving your life is an element of self-love. And when I say love your life, here's what I mean. I mean, love your life exactly as it is all the time. And that doesn't mean that you're not trying to make it better. That doesn't mean that there are things that you don't like. You can dislike something and still love it. If you've ever been married, you can relate to that, right? Or just in general, like your family. You're, you don't need to be married. Just have, if you have family, you can dislike someone in your family based on their behavior, right? Or something they say or do, but you still love them. So in the same way, you can dislike aspects of your life, but still love your life because that's what unconditional love is. I, I, I should mention that the word unconditional is really important to this purpose of life. It's unconditional love of yourself. You might not like parts of yourself, but you can love yourself globally, completely, unconditionally. You might not like parts of your life but you can love your life. You can be grateful for every moment because life is a miracle, right? Even when it sucks, it is still a miracle and we can be grateful for every moment. I mentioned earlier, I used my own life as an example. Well, I, you know, I think this is a pretty profound example. When I had cancer, I was given a 30% chance of living. The day I was diagnosed with cancer, I thanked God for my cancer. I expressed sincere gratitude. And you might be wondering, why in the hell would you think? Be grateful for your cancer. Be grateful for being told you have a 30% chance of living. Well, first of all, well, that's a whole other topic, but the idea that all emotional pain is caused by our resistance. I've talked about that on past episodes. So I accept life fully. And part of accepting life fully is loving life as it is. That is ex true acceptance is loving everything as it is. That means you have fully accepted it. And for me, the gratitude was, I'm thankful for this adversity that is cancer uh, and how it's going to serve me in ways that I really have no way of knowing. I just know that if I'm open to the benefits of this cancer journey, they will show themselves. I will learn. I will grow. So when I had cancer and I was in physical, mental, and emotional pain and even fearful for my life and, and leaving my kids and my wife, I mean, that was the scariest thing I've ever experienced. I was grateful for all of it. And, you know, and I was grateful every day for my cancer because everything is an opportunity for us to learn, to grow, and to become better than we've ever been before. So. Even in the midst of our greatest adversity, it doesn't change our unconditional love. And I'll use one other kind of, I guess, example or example is not quite the right word, but think about how you, well, it just goes back to what I said earlier, I guess, how you love another person. You love your family. If you're in a relationship or you're married, you love your significant other, even though at times the relationship presents adversity right? So this is kind of a metaphor for life is a relationship with another human being. When the relationship provides adversity, if you truly love that person unconditionally, well, that adversity is temporary, but your love is eternal, right? So if my wife and I get in a disagreement, it doesn't change that I love her. 
And it doesn't even change that I love her in that moment. My love for her is unconditional. I don't set it aside. I go, well, you're in a bad mood right now or, or you're being mean to me. So I don't love, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to set the love over here on the shelf and I'll love you again when you calm down. I'll love you when you're nice to me again. I'll, right? No, that's not how unconditional love works for another person. And it's not how unconditional love should work for your life. Love your life as it is, just like you love yourself as you are, just like you love another person as they are. And if there are things about yourself or things about your life or things about another person that you don't like in the moment, it's okay to voice that. It's okay to express that. It's okay to feel that. It's okay to take actions to change your behavior so that those things that you don't necessarily like in your life, in your relationships, about yourself, you can improve on those things, right? But from a place of love, not a place of fear or scarcity or disdain or hate or any of the above. And then the third love level that I would say is love of others. Love of others. And I would invite you to love all people unconditionally as they are. Realize that if you had lived their life, and I've done an entire podcast episodes on this in the past about judging people, why we have no bearing to judge another person, because had we lived their life, there's a very good chance that we'd be exactly the same. Someone that does something to you that is mean, that is evil, that is hateful, that is abusive, you know, and you judge, oh, how dare they? They're evil. They're hateful. They're abusive. I I hate that person. I don't like that person. I despise that person. But if you had lived their life and been raised by their parents and had the same potentially negative influences in your life, you might be exactly the same. So even though I don't, just like with your spouse or your significant other, you might not like a person's actions, but I'd invite you to love that person. I'd invite you to love all people unconditionally. I love, as weird as this may sound, I love the drunk driver that hit me at 80 miles an hour and almost killed me or did kill me for six minutes, right? When I was 20. And that's why when I went to the courtroom, my request for his sentence wasn't one of condemnation, of anger, of resentment, of hate. It was one of love. The judge wanted to throw the book at him. And my request was, I don't see how him serving extended time behind bars away from his wife and children because of a stupid mistake that he made one night, having a few beers, I, I don't know that that is the best service to the planet, of to society. So my request was that he spent, instead of three years in prison, that he spent six months in prison, enough time to reflect and think, because I thought there was value in that. But my real request, like the, the most important part of the request was, I would ask, Judge, that you, the remaining two and a half years of the sentence that you're proposing, the three years in prison sentence, I would ask that the first six months are in prison so he has time to reflect and to feel that pain of the decision he made so he won't make it again, hopefully. I mean, I obviously can't control that. But the next two and a half years, I asked that he was would be required to share his story in high schools and or colleges, but I was asking for high schools, you know, and the lessons that he learned, kind of like an, you know, an anti-drinking and driving message. I thought that's going to help a lot of people. That If that even saves one person's life, that to me was a better use than him just spending the next two and a half years in prison. So anyway, the point is, right, that someone that, you know, you could easily hate and go, you almost killed me. You broke 
11 of my bones. You, you know, I have permanent brain damage because of you. My life is, is potentially ruined at the time. I didn't know what the future held. Right. But, but all that would have done is cause a lot of pain inside of me and cloud my judgment for what the best outcome would be in the situation. And obviously I don't, you know, I, who knows what the best outcome is. I mean, there's no way to predict the future, but, but again, it coming from a place of love. So I just use that as another example of extreme where, you know, someone that almost killed me or that did kill me, I still love that person. I, I, you know, for me and this, I don't mean to get too hippie or woo woo or whatever, but I love all people. I, I just, I love to me, we are a family. The human race is a family. I don't care what color someone is or what nationality or what language they speak or where they grew up. To me, we are all part of the human family. And in the same way that I love every member of my family, and yes, yeah, some more than others, right? And I'm just kidding. Uh, right, some are a little harder. I like, I like some more than others. But I love every member of my family. I love every member of the human family. And yes, that's why I love you. Like when I say at the end of the podcast, you know, I, I love you. I, like I mean that very sincerely. And I'll just, I'll tell you, living a life, when you live your life's purpose, life that you're filled with joy, you're filled with love, right? And consider that when you're experiencing love, whether it's love of yourself, love of your life, loving others, or anywhere, you know, the the mesh of all of those, just living from a place of love, loving every moment, even though it's not perfect and some are painful, consider that when you're experiencing love, you are living your life's purpose. And consider the flip side, that when we are caught up in the pursuit of anything, money, success, you know, even making an impact, even the pursuit of love. When you are caught up in the pursuit of anything, you're distracted from living your life's purpose because it's already inside you. It's already available to you. It's simply a matter of being present to that. It's a matter of shifting your mindset. And it may be easier said than done, right? The less love you've lived with, but you know, you don't expect you to listen to this podcast, snap your fingers, and all of a sudden you go, wow, I love myself so much, and I love others unconditionally, and I love my crappy life right now. Like, no, it's not, it, it's not a snap of the fingers thing. It's a listen to this podcast over and over and over as many times as you need to. Read the transcription, which is at halelrod.com and whatever episode. This is number 283, I think, 284, something like that. Just go to the 280s. And this is one of the early 280 episodes. I'm not looking at that exact number right now. But uh, but yeah, this is, you know, this is something that for me has taken a lot of time. And I've reread the book, Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It. And I've done his practice where you look in the mirror and you say, I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. And it feels super weird. And you don't actually believe you're like, I don't love myself. I don't even like myself. Right. But you just, you got to read the book, but you just say it over and over and over again and until you eventually it starts to feel normal that's the first step is so that once you do anything over and over again that doesn't feel normal it eventually just becomes a norm so that's the first step and then it actually starts to seep in and you start to actually believe it and then to go a step further i will give you one one other really important tip is add the why i love myself because i've overcome a lot of crap and i'm still here i love myself because i'm i'm doing the best i can i'm really trying I love myself because I'm stepping up and helping the people in my life that matter most to me. I love myself because I'm putting good, you know, I'm making these improvements. I love myself because damn it, I'm telling myself I love myself. And that's, a, that is a big improvement. You know, by the way, when I, when I shared this at the Quantum Leap Mastermind, I had uh, a friend and member of Quantum Leap Mastermind, Keith Battle. 
And Keith, I, uh, I should have asked you if I could share this, but uh, knowing, you know, we're, we're close enough, I think you're okay with this. But he came up to me afterwards. He goes, Hal, I'm 53 years old and I've never told myself I love myself. He said, I never even thought about it. And, uh, but, but he did it and he looked in the mirror, he said the night before, and he told himself many times and he said, you know what, this is a huge upgrade in my life. Or, I'm, I'm putting words in his mouth and that was his exact, exact words. But, but yeah, but I mean, it's just, you know, many of us, all of us, this is, I believe, this is the core. When you love yourself and then you love your life because your life is an extension of yourself, that's the purpose. That's what it's all about. That's what we're working towards, but we already have it. It's just a matter of us being present to it. So last, I want to leave you with the lesson. Realize that what you ultimately want and what most people spend their entire lives searching for, you already have. And thus it is available to you always. And it is love. Goal achievers, members of the Miracle Morning community, friends, family, family, uh, the human family, I love you. I appreciate you more than you know. Hopefully you understand more why I end the podcast by letting you know I love and appreciate you more than you know. Hopefully now you know a little bit more about why I sincerely love you and appreciate you. I am grateful for you. Thank you for your time, your energy, your attention. I don't take it lightly. uh, And I hope, I hope my hope from this episode is that you will begin the journey, right? Not not that you're going to, again, snap your fingers and, and be there but that you'll begin the journey of loving yourself unconditionally, loving your life unconditionally, and loving other people unconditionally, truly, madly, deeply. I love you. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast.